When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Broncos Country. I am Jess Plays. I'm Tanner Watts. I'm Lori Lattimore Volkman. Good morning, Broncos Country. Tim Lynch here. I am Rachel Strand, and welcome to Horse Tracks. The Horse Tracks. Mile High Report Horse Tracks. With your Horse Tracks. And I've got your morning update. It's Horse Tracks. Mile High Report's daily update of what's going on in Broncos Country. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Here we go! There's only four words. This is something something Bronco. This one's for Pat! Featuring Mile High Reports, Mike DeSico, and Jess Place. Welcome to Something Something Bronco. Oh, mother, oh, mother. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by Mike DeSico. How are you doing, Mike? I'm so happy we get a football game this week. It's like we're almost back. It's almost real, except it's it's not. It's preseason. Oh, it's pseudo real. I mean, it, pseudo it, it, real. First preseason game of the year is 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 not the worst. It's usually the last one. So I mean, we have that to look forward to. It, and it's really exciting for the first like. 15, 20 minutes because like, oh my god, it's back, it's back. And then you realize it's the first preseason game and you realize that it's uh, the level is... It's done. Yeah, yeah it's not, yeah, it's not it's... the real thing, but it's close. Yeah. Hey, before we start, um, you want to like talk about that real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, 
also recording this podcast on Monday morning, August 8th, 8-8, which has kind of become DT Day on uh, Twitter. Georgia Tech said they're going to be honoring him, and the Broncos had some uh, nice tweets. And it's just a cool chance to remember one of the all-time Broncos at my 8-8 jersey on today. And what's your favorite uh, DT memory? Oh, it's the it's I hate I hate that this is it, but it's the Tebow uh, always... freakout moment. Like I mean, it, that that's that's the go to, and I mean that was when like he arrived. Like I mean that was the moment that is going to make Tim Tebow's brief tenure in Colorado live on forever. You know, one of my favorite DT moments is also a Tebow moment. Uh, it was their rookie year, maybe it was their second year. They were in Minnesota. Remember the play, uh, Tebow weirdly didn't go through his progressions and panicked and left the pocket running around for his life. And DT worked his way over. Uh, Tebow made a good play, got the ball to him, and he ended up running it in like 40 yards for a touchdown. And it was one of those first moments where you're like, this DT kid might be a player. And uh, I saw the highlight the other day because I was, yeah, I was watching Tebow highlights on YouTube. Yeah, well, I who doesn't? Feel, I mean, you know. I wanted to feel good because, you know. Show prep. Yeah, and... Uh, Anyway, I just love that DT moment because he just worked his way back. He learned how to play with Tebow, not give up on the play, and toughed it out, got hit about the 10-yard line, and found his way into the end zone anyway. And it was just a cool DT moment. Plus, every single bubble screen that uh, you knew, like, they could all go. That was when bubble screens worked, and they could go all the way every single time, and nobody ran that play as well as DT did. Well, and it's hard to to forget that... um... DT and Tim Tebow were drafted in the same draft. And so mm-hmm. uh, you, you talk about your favorite moment. It was when Demarius Thomas was drafted and not Tim Tebow at uh, a guy. I, gosh, I have like 11 or 17 or so, he was like right yeah. in there. Um, and uh, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, I don't think we're going to get Tim Tebow. And then, I wanted Tebow back. <laughs> just a few picks later, it was Trade Tebow back time up. in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, those and the, two picks that set the future of the franchise in motion. You know, they were as consequential as anything because uh, Peyton doesn't come here if DT's not here, probably doesn't have that uh, top end receiver. And I mean, Tebow gave us great memories, but he also drove made off it Eddie easy. Royal. He made it easy to move <laughs> on to uh, Peyton Manning, too, for yeah. some people. Some Broncos still haven't forgiven uh, that yeah. move. Yeah, and well, you know those are people we like to call idiots, morons, morons, whatever, doofus. Yeah. Doofus. Mm. Doofus. Let's go with Doofus. Yeah. But anyway, it's 8-8. It's DT Day. Everybody uh, loved DT. He was such a great Bronco, and uh, it's cool to be able to remember him. And hopefully uh, it becomes an annual thing. The Broncos are starting their third week of training camp this week. Uh, any thoughts on, uh, on on the first two weeks? Yeah, it's you know it's always exciting when you get the uh, person stepping up out of nowhere that you weren't. Uh, let me phrase this, good lord, that you didn't see coming, and so that you, you like, thought sure, was a bum. <laughs> we didn't think it was a bum, but you thought like somebody who's like the fifth or sixth round pick, they're going to be a practice squad player, they're going to be a uh, special teamer, they're going to play if everything goes wrong, and then you see somebody like Damari Mathis step up and show that he might actually be a player on the team this year. So that's always really fun, and I love seeing who's going to be there. I love a good punter battle, but, you know, who doesn't? What about a fight? We had our fight. first fight. Yeah, it was... It, Finally! 
going to blows. Like, you, you know, I remember like every year they're like Brandon Langley got into a fight last year or, or uh-huh. the year before. And it's always like, who, who's it going to be? And, and this year it was uh, defensive lineman McTelvin Aguim and guard Ben Braden coming to blows. And uh, it was kind of refreshing. It was like Coach Hackett was was full on like, well, you know, we stopped practice. We kicked him out. And uh, and then we had him hug it out at the end. You know, the power of hugs. Like, isn't that isn't that awesome? If, like in Broncos country after Vic? What? It, it, it seems the most hackett way to resolve the situation is with hugs, you know? Um, training camp fights are usually overblown because you got a lot of board reporters watching drills. Like, oh my God, something happened. So it's usually made a bigger deal out of it. But the fact that there's just been one fight, I think is telling in its own way that they're just there to do work. It's not about some uh, agendas or trying to prove to your teammate who's this or that. Everybody's just going there doing the work, being pros. And that's good to see. I don't I don't usually think it's like an axe to grind, especially like a grudge to hold like a- after the fight. Uh, yeah. I, we're going to see uh, probably a little skirmishes uh, this week as, as the Broncos host the, the Dallas Cowboys during. Uh, There's the always a few then. Yeah, There's always a few. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I, I seem to remember like when they first started this, uh, these joint practices that, that they were longer than like two days like and i mm-hmm. think that i think that's exactly why i think they get sick of seeing each other and because they're not on the same team they they explode and fight and well, wrestle and and it kind of reminds me of uh like a baseball fight like two people are happening and then everybody has to run out there and kind of like stand in the general area and so it seems like when you have joint practices it usually looks a lot worse because the entire defense has to come in the entire offense has to come in and it it, it makes it look a little bit more exciting than it usually is but it's usually just <laughs> It's usually it's a, just grown man shoving each other and, you know. A bro down, throw down. Bro down, right? throw down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Coach Hackett, he's – all these press conferences, he's so positive. Like, he doesn't have, like, a single, like, negative thing to say – about anybody and it's awesome like it, it it's not that he, it's not that he has nothing negative to say it's just that he's so like effusively positive about everything which is which is really cool but mike i gotta ask you what happens if he's not that good of a coach what happens if russell wilson doesn't have a good year what does that look like mainly i don't want the seahawks fans on twitter to be right oh. but let's say what if they are what if you know when quarterbacks hit a wall we saw with Peyton, they usually hit a wall pretty solid. What if, what if it's not just sour grapes? What if he really has lost something on his fastball that he can't uh, use his athleticism the way that's allowed him to be one of the premier quarterbacks in the league? And I mean, anything less than top tier Russell Wilson, and we're probably fourth place in, in the division. And so, I don't know. I mean, what happens if there's an injury? The last two Broncos Super Bowls do not happen if we don't have a uh, top backup. And everything out of uh, camp reports say we don't have a top backup. And so the pressure on Russell Wilson is immense. And what if he's what if he's okay? What if he's not great, but what if he's okay? Well, if he's okay, he's still better than who we've had. So that I mean, it's still an upgrade, but expectations in Broncos country are pretty high. Mm-hmm. People are expecting really good things. It's not just you have to be better than Joe Flacco, like. I mean, I am also better than Joe, Joe Flacco. I am as well. Okay, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
I I really hope not. I mean, on, on Monday morning, I was listening to uh, to Dan Patrick and and it, poor Dan Patrick picks on Fritzy, the Broncos fan, all the time. And and poor Fritzy, he just takes it on the chin, mm-hmm. like kind of like like an abused an, an abused partner, <laughs> just like oh, I can't really enjoy what I really love. And it's like, come on, man! Like there's so many times I'm like, just stand up for the Broncos and just yeah. like, and just go for it. Like, but he won't do it. He will never do it. And Dan, Dan he doesn't want to get it. fired. Yeah, well, yeah, Dan is. A little you don't rough. stand up to the boss too much. Well, but he's there. He's there to make Patrick look good. When, when given the opportunity to stand up and you don't take it, like Patrick asked him, he was like, "So, are the Broncos closer to finishing in first place in the AFC West or closer to finishing in last?" And I was like, I was ready. I'm like, Fritzy, this is your moment. Let's go. Do it. And he's like, Oh, probably closer to last. And I was just like, no, don't. Why would you say that? Like, why are you that pundit? Like, you are in a position to really, you know, not not that you're a cheerleader, but you are. You wear the gear all the time. This is Jess, host of Something Something Broncos. Mike's here. I want to talk to you personally. You need to stand up for the Broncos more. Yeah. Come on. You're on a national show. You wear the gear. Take a stand. Come on, man. What does a bad season for Russell Wilson look like? Is it just, do you think it's just injuries can derail? this season or do you think there's a chance that we're only getting 85% of who Russell Wilson was? I don't, I don't think that Russell Wilson has declined in any capacity. Like he, he was injured last year. He hurt his mm-hmm. finger. We all saw the the Instagram video. He's like, I'm back. And you know, it's like a little pinky finger or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, we all made fun of him for it because he was a Seahawk. And it's like, you don't need a full on uh, a social media campaign to say that your finger is healed. But, mm-hmm. but that is Russell Wilson. That is the, the brand. And so he's and a, that, he's a dork and I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> now that he's a Bronco, send me those videos, Russ. I want to see yeah. the finger healing videos, but I didn't want to see them. Before. There's no way that he can decline to the point where Seahawks fans will say that they were right. They're, they all know in the cockles of their hearts that Russ is gone and he was the secret to their success and not playing on defense. I don't know. It, it, it seems like the jilted lover, you know, girlfriend breaks up with you like, well, she was blah, blah, anyway, and she wasn't this. And it's like, with time, you get that perspective. And so let me ask you this purely as a Broncos fan, what would hurt worse? Russell Wilson isn't that good or Drew Locke is pretty good this year. Which one would hurt worse? Russell Wilson, because because right, Russell Wilson coming to Denver absolves that Super Bowl just a little. It like it, it, a it, little it, it soothes the sting just a little bit because all those Seahawks fans that were like, eh, we got our 40, what was it, forty two to eight or something ridiculous? It didn't absolve totally that Super Bowl loss, but it absolved it uh, to a small degree. And watching Russell Wilson go out and ball and and do great things with this this in, intense receiving core, like it's going to be great, and, and it's and it's going to be great because I know it's going to kill the Seahawks fans every time he makes a completed pass and good and the one thing you can't complain about whatever happens it will not be because russell wilson didn't work hard it's not that he didn't take it seriously i am constantly amazed about this level of intense focus on getting better every single day how much work he's done it reminds you of peyton that uh, obsession with every detail with wanting to be the best with leaving nothing out there so personally i don't see how he's not just such a drastic upgrade which not hard i guess but i i, I don't see the seahawks winning this one and rubbing that in our faces i think no no and no, no matter how hard you hope drew lock is not going to be 
a good quarterback. Like it, you can hope all you want. We all did it. We all fell into that trap. I was a believer. I want, I want it, you know, lock. I mean, you know, we all, the three emojis, you know, remember mm-hmm. early on, it was, it was the horse. It was the rooster and it was the lock. And it was, yeah, I, don't, I never, I never got that. What's that mean? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe somebody yeah. on Twitter can explain it to us. Cause it, frankly, it I don't understand the horse and the poo emoji and yeah. the lock. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So, hey, the other thing that we have to consider about this year, this is Hackett's first time as a coach. And there's always been a lot of coaches who are everybody's best friend and everything's positive and everybody's happy. Sometimes that uh, gets thin. The players don't work hard. It's not that tough football environment. And uh, what happens if it's advanced? Joseph, we had a good practice on Wednesday sort of vibe we get from Hackett. How do you think Hackett's overwhelming positivity plays out this year well yeah you have to feel that lurking in in the in the shadows a little bit i mean it's the whole vance joseph like oh wednesday was a great day of practice it was all we practiced so well and then you go out and just get completely boat raced in the game Mm -hmm. and it's like you know you can only hear that so many times before you're like well either you don't know what a good practice looks like or you're a complete fool or both i myself personally i'm a big fan of the the power of positivity like you look back in the broncos history and it's like what turned the broncos around was coach john ralston who was a carnegie mellon uh graduate who uh you know believed in the power of positive thinking and and like that's that's kind of like his enduring legacy was that he you know the broncos were total crap and he he was like no you're not and he got him to start thinking that they were a real you're, legit football team you're good enough you're smart enough doggone it people like you exactly and you know a year after he left uh, uh red miller took him to the super bowl you know it's, mm-hmm. tom jackson said you know that was that red miller was the coach but that was john ralston's team it was like he put it in their heads that they could win and so maybe that's exactly what we need maybe that's what we need this year is a little john ralston a little power positive thinking and you know we have russell wilson who kind of also helps with that like yes he, he does and, and you know, just to just to put it like a ribbon on what we were saying, Russell Wilson hasn't looked like doo doo in practice. Like he, he has not, not looked bad, and so so it's, I don't think it's going to be the situation where he goes out there and is just like you know his shoes are untied and you know his socks are falling down and you know he can't he's just tripping over his own feet. I don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's, the gross incompetence is not going to happen this year from Russell Wilson. It, 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 if not. anything does happen, it, you're right. It will be injury related. God forbid. But the guy he clearly does his pre-game calisthenics takes those very seriously so hopefully there will be no uh calf strains or any yeah. any uh pinky finger instagram videos but if it does you know like i say our last two super bowl titles if we didn't have bubby brister and brock osweiler we probably don't win the super bowl either year what if russell gets hurt do you think uh rippin or josh johnson are uh manning the wheel and keeping us on course this year or think, do you think that's a situation where maybe they consider bringing somebody else in oh uh, honestly, it's not going to, it's not going to be Johnson. Like, no, I mean, half the people listening are like, who, 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 the singer, Josh, Jack Johnson, <laughs> what? Um, and the other half are like, who's Jack Johnson, the singer. Um, and the, and the other half are like, I think Brent Reppin should start over Russell Wilson because the most popular person in Denver, Colorado is always the backup quarterback. To circle back to Hackett, to me, I mean, you can't figure out, oh, does this guy know what he's doing until like that first, second game, there's like a minute 30 left in the game. Does he know how to use a timeout? Does he know how to manage a game? Does he know when to throw a challenge flag and when to keep it in his pocket? So like a lot of these players, he's a rookie. Until you see him in a game situation, 
you just don't know. And I'm really interested to see how he manages the end of the game and the challenges, which are two areas we've just failed miserably in the last several years. Vic Fangio, when you're down 23 points, it's clearly a five yard run. And he's like, I, I think he got, I think he got all 10. I think it's, let's yep. throw it. And it's like, no, yep. it's actually not anywhere close. Like, why are you doing, why, and, what did you do? Why are you doing yeah. that? And, you know, the comments made on Twitter a lot where you just need like some 13 year old Madden player who knows how to call timeouts and what to challenge and stuff. But they need somebody, coaches, I think coaches need somebody like that who has the ability to tell them no. And I don't think Fangio had that. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, this entire process works with Hackett. He was so consistently wrong, though. Like, I mean, you, had, so you consistently would have to wrong. try to be as wrong as Fangio was on challenges. Like, it, yeah. it's just like, it, oh, is he challenging it? It must not be that way. Yeah, yeah, and and you were you were right. It's not just the weird challenges; it was the oddly timed challenges. Like first quarter, I'm using one of my challenges right now on something so inconsequential that you're just. And then other now? times you wouldn't now, throw Vic? the flag, like when yeah. it was clear, like you're like throw it, and you're like, no, 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 no. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No. You touched on it earlier. Uh, preseason football this Saturday. Broncos yeah. hosting the Cowboys. You know, what's interesting in the Hall of Fame game, I don't know if you watched that. I, I, I did I, not. It's I watched. As much I, as I love the Raiders, Jaguars, and Hall of Fame games, I just didn't find time. <sighs> I am such a glutton for punishment that I will watch literally the worst football game of the year. Like I, I, think, I, I think the hall of fame game is actually worse than, than the pro bowl. Like, because at least in the pro <laughs> bowl, you know who these people are. Although yeah. there was one player that played for the Raiders that I was kind of surprised to see. I saw uh, a, a Josh Jacobs. Uh, he was, yeah. he, he was uh, with the, uh, the offense, the scrub offense out there. Like that, that was kind of good. a shocking surprise. Like, what is McDaniels doing? Uh, Showcasing him for a trade is the must, obvious implication. And the fact that the Raiders it. are denying they did that leads me to believe that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they need to give him the extra reps in their four preseason games. And so are, are there going to be any of those players? Are there going to be any like Josh Jacobs-like players that the Broncos are going to showcase, not for a trade, but probably for a trade? The only thing, I mean, it's not as sexy, but they have a big glut of interior offensive linemen. You know, if, if Glasgow goes out there and plays a little bit at center, plays a little bit of left guard, that could be a very telling thing that they're trying to uh, wrangle up a late round pick. Because the one thing we all know is George Payton loves his uh, draft picks. He has five for next year. And so you got to figure he's on the hunt to get some more. Then that process could start Saturday with that first game. And so, you know, if a player like Reisner even is playing a little bit more, is that a potential showcase to a team that needs a guard and Patton wants a draft pick? Who knows? I'm excited to see the uh, punt game in action just because uh, we actually have a punting competition and that sounds cool. Are, wait, are uh, you team Waitman or are you are you team Martin? Waitman because I am like a, a boom or bust sort of guy. He either hits a ball that is like, you know, six seconds hang time or 
you know, 2.8 seconds of hang time. And I don't know. I, uh, I like the drama, even when it's bad, um, like Trendon holiday, man, something bad was going to happen or something amazing was going to happen. And I was there for it no matter what. So I don't know. I mean, Sam Martin's the easy pick, but you save, uh, cap money on him. So I don't, know. I think that could be kind of fun in a weird way, but what about you? Uh, who are you looking to see where you're like in the second quarter, third quarter? Wait, that guy's still in the game. Why is that guy in the game? I always like it because that's my opportunity to learn all the numbers. Like I'm like, okay, all right, who's then they change them. And and then they change them on me. Yes. So, but, but at least I can start getting that in my head. Cause like, it's, you know, you watch the, 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 the training camp videos and you're like, wait, okay, who is, who is that? Who, okay. Who is that now? Like, Uh like, uh you know, cause there's all these new numbers and it's like, and until you see them like in the game with their name plates on, cause they don't have the name plates on in training camp. That's that. That's always like my my favorite thing is to just you know it's like okay who's that Google oh 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 right okay you know Um, one thing I used to like about preseason for that reason was and this is you know going back a little ways because it's different now but when you had a wide receiver who was like wearing number six out there in uh, the first preseason game you're like this guy is not making the team but then for the third preseason game all of a sudden he was number eighty five and you're like uh oh. This yeah. guy's got a chance. He might make the team. And now they will just keep wearing number six. And I'm not a fan of wide receivers should be in the 80s. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that Patrick Sertan should not be number two. That's I, awful. I know, I, I, cause it's it, marketing. It, I get it. I like a running back. Uh, what, Leonard Fournette with the Bucks was number seven. I still, first of all, I still get mad when I see a punter wearing number seven. I'm like, that's Elway's number. And you don't deserve do to wear yeah. number seven. Yeah. It's too but a running back number seven, I... I, I still haven't got used to it. I still haven't got used to all these new numbers. And that was a cool part about preseason is when, you know, your linebacker who was number like, you know, 41 is all of a sudden number 59. Like that guy's going to be on the roster. They, they gave him a real number. The new number. Yeah. They yeah. gave him. Yeah. Maybe it's too early in the season for this, but no, um, I don't even know what it is, but no. <laughs> who is going to be this year's Joe Don Duncan, the sure, the surefire, uh, roster acquisition that, that doesn't make the team. Like there, that's well, what I want to know. So the obvious answer to that is Max Sporgy, the uh, running back who's the local kid. He's come in and he's been kind of exciting in these last few days. And, you know, you saw how much everybody loved Philip Lindsay, the local kid. From what I've seen, he kind of runs the same full tilt 100% way. And if he uh, rips off a big run or two on Saturday, his legend will grow. What about Javante? We really haven't heard much out of Javante. Is that good or bad, do you think? Because it's like running backs until you're actually getting popped, which is his big thing where he loves the contact. It's hard to say. So the fact we haven't heard anything, I think that's good. It means they're 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 keeping him in the, in their back pocket and they're not mm-hmm. overexerting him. Like who cares if he can run in camp? We already know what he can do in game time situations. Yeah, we've been hearing about Melvin Gordon quite a bit, and you know- and that's fine. I've always been a Melvin Gordon fan. He brings something good to the team. He gets into the end zone. He has those fumbles, which. I get, but he's a good player to have on the team. And I've, I've been a Melvin Gordon fan. I was a big fan he, that he was back. Um, and then you got Mike Boone, who has evidently looked amazing in camp. And so you got Max Borgie. He could be one of those guys who everybody loves. The fan base loves him. And he's on the practice squad. And he's on the practice squad. Yeah, exactly. One other thing I want to talk about with the preseason game. So one area I really want to see on Saturday is the pass rushers. Because our top two pass rushers are fragile. 
Let's say that unreliable. So depth is going to be so key. And you hear a lot about Browning. Malik Reed has always seemed like he's kind of on the cusp of putting it together, but not quite there. And so depth on the edge, you, you need depth at the edge. You need depth at the receiver and the cornerback. And how do you think the depth shakes on the edge? How do you think that sells out? Who are you looking for to step up on Saturday? I don't think that Saturday is really going to be an accurate picture of what we're going to see uh, defensively going into the season. Just because, it's going to be vanilla. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And, and, you know, Randy Gregory isn't out there. Like, it, and, and they're going to protect Chubb. And, you know, there's going to be, there, there's, it's, it's going to be a very scaled back, dare I say, diet version. Of, For sure of the defense. Uh, but what do I want to see defensively uh, this Saturday? I just, I, I don't want to see big plays. I want to see solid fundamentals. I would, I just, I don't want to see like, you know, where the brain has fallen out of their ear and they just like give up like these giant chunk plays. Cause that's on... a sign of coaching right there. It really is. You know, it's, it's that it, it's, are, are we taking care of the little things so that the big things can be our focus? And so Hackett says that, you know, it's fun. He talks out of the both sides of his mouth a little bit. He was like, I don't think, you know, any, any side of the ball is more advanced than any of the other. But if I had to say it, it would be the defense, which, you know, makes sense. Cause the defense, this is, this is not their, their first year together. And yeah, the defense usually has a lead early in camp if you have you know all things being equal because uh, yeah. they're more reacting and stuff like that so timing and all um, with the new quarterback and everything yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so i mean that that makes sense i mean it would i guess it would be concerning if if the offense was was just smoking the defense especially mm-hmm. for as good as the defense we know the defense can be i mean the, exactly. the poor defense was just drug up and down the field by the offense last year they just could not stay on the field what do you think about browning you know reading twitter you see von miller's name mentioned a lot about browning has this amazing first step he has this great bend and that's not fair to him to be doing the comparisons to von miller but do you think there's a hidden gem there do you think this kid is real or do you think he's to go back to earlier a training camp all-star Right. Here's the thing. They don't usually say that people have a bend if they don't have a bend. You know, it's not like one of those, like, he plays in a phone booth. He's got a high motor. It's not one of those, like, like annoying, you know, uh, draftisms. Uh, yeah, like, if you don't know what you're talking about, you toss in one of those buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, his length is amazing. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so people talk about his bend because they have seen it. I hope we get I, to see him see on it. Saturday. Yeah, I want to see him get enough time where even if it's against a backup tackle, you're not going to be chasing down Dak Prescott. You can still see if the uh, tools are there, The uh, you know, if he meets the eye test. And so that's one player I'm really excited to see the difference between training camp performance and game performance. Even if it's preseason, I want to see if it, if it translates, if he takes the step and if... Uh, we might have something. And if he can get there, that means the the whole defense is that much more improved. Like if they have to game plan around, around Browning, that means that there's, there's room for Chubb and Gregory and, and whoever else they want to sit, you know? And even if Browning's main contribution is being able to be a spot starter this year for Chubb, for Gregory, because they'll need it, then it still could be a huge payoff because his real value might be, one year down the road when the Broncos are trying to decide, do we bring back Chubb? Well, if we have Browning on a cost-controlled contract, maybe we can put those resources somewhere else. So you can never have too many pass rushers. He's the hot name in training camp, and I want to see what he does hitting people with stars on their helmet. What if what if Chubb actually ends up playing in this game? Do you, do you risk it, or do you have him in bubble wrap? Do you, well, I, do you showcase him to hopefully move him? Like, maybe he's the the the, the big trade bait from this game. 
Interesting. I mean, I mean, you got to figure his talent versus production maybe maxes out a third round pick, but George Payton can do a lot with a third round pick. You can get something, right? Something. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, value. you need you need as many bodies as you can at that edge position. And so, I don't know. I just feel if he shows anything, you, you hold on to that, especially at one last year, cost controlled contract. And if he shows something, maybe uh, you see a Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, where Patton gets a uh, below market deal done during the season before the market really explodes like it always does. So I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see what happens with Chubb this year. That's why we watch the preseason. Let's see. Let's see. It's what... going to be exciting. My guess is we don't see Chubb maybe a series at most. That's my guess. That is based on all the insider information I have sitting here at my desk, which is, you yeah. know, none. But I think they're putting a lot of their eggs in his basket this year. I think they're relying on him quite a bit. And how the pass rush goes, I mean, if you give teams a not as much time back there and all of a sudden they're throwing in a hurry against Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, we're going to create a lot of turnovers. And I think those edge rushers are going to, they're going to determine how good the defense is. And so you can't get rid of Chubb. I know you hate this. I know you oh, hate my this. Goodness. But we're Don't do, do it, it to me. We've Don't do get, it. We've got to get into practice. This okay, is uh, It's preseason it, for everybody. What do you foresee as the score, the final score of uh, uh, Cowboys at Broncos this Saturday? You know, I've looked through all the analytics. I've ran the numbers. I've talked to my guys in Dallas embedded in the Cowboys. And I think it's going to be 27 to 24. I'm predicting that score because Brandon McManus has had such a quiet camp. And I love the dude. And I think he's going to make a field goal the last 30 seconds to win this all-important game. And he'll have something funny to tweet about it. And I'll be happy. How about you? I think, okay, so we all remember Coach Hackett. At, uh, at the Denver Nuggets game, beating that big drum. We're going to score a lot of points. Um, I honestly think that that it's important for him to show that they are serious about scoring a lot of points. I think it's going to be like 32 to 7. That's, that's, wow. That's my guess. I think it's going to be a complete boat race. Cowboys, Mike McCarthy is going to, to be super chapped jerry jones is going to be super chapped it's going to be it's going to be a great preseason opener for the next chapter of denver broncos football well mike i think that's it i think that's it uh as usual he is mike DeSico, and i am just place this has been something something broncos a podcast feature of milehighreport.com become part of a conversation at milehighreport.com follow mike on twitter mike what's your twitter Mike DeCicco, M-I-K-E-D-E-C-I-C-C-O. You know, follow me, even if you don't like me, just because it feels so good to unfollow somebody. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Especially just, just do it for that reason. If you're crazy, follow Mike DeCicco. Yeah, if you like casual swearing and complete overreactions, I'm your guy. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And you can follow hey, me. You can follow yes, me, Jez. He's a better I, follow. I, I do the Twitter, too. My name is at uh, Jez Rue. And uh, you know what? If you like this con- this podcast, uh, you should you should like it wherever you get your 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 podcasts. You should and follow uh, my podcasts on yeah. Twitter, so MHR that way you never miss anything. Podcasts, you'll MHR never podcasts miss a thing. Yeah. So, um, thank you for listening, uh, everybody. And yeah, uh, thank you. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Boo Cowboys. I said Boo. it. Cowboys. Boo. Boo. <laughs> and Mike McCarthy. Oh yeah. Oh, hate him. I'm not sure why, but I do. Good morning, Broncos country. I am Jess Plays. I'm Tanner Watts. I'm Lori Lattimore-Volkman. Good morning, Broncos country. Tim Lynch here. I am Rachel Strand, and welcome to Horse Tracks. The Horse Tracks. Mile High Report Horse Tracks. With your horse tracks. And I've got your morning update. It's Horse Tracks, Mile High Report's daily update of what's going on in Broncos country. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing.